This podcast is brought to you by Fandango. Fandango offers movie tickets and gift cards to over 45,000 different screens across the United States and reaches into nearly 80% of the nation's total theaters. By partnering with virtually every leading film exhibitor like Regal, Cinemark, AMC, and more. So to pick up some movie tickets or a gift card for the movie fan in your life, head on over to cityweekly.com slash Fandango or click the support us link in the show notes for this episode. You're listening to a podcast from the Cinema Geekly Podcast Network. We're the geeks you deserve and the ones you need right now. of what comes next cinema geekly's nxt companion podcast it's anthony and jacqueline we're back to talk more nxt on the wwe and usa networks mostly to talk about the takeover nxt uh in your house but before we do that we're gonna kind of quickly skim through the events of episode 563 of nxt the go-home episode for this takeover Mm-hmm. Uh, so there were a couple of big things that happened. Um, they did make a new match on this show for the takeover, the, yep. the six woman tag with, mm-hmm. um, I think, I think it all started with the Mia Yim and Candice LeRae match. LeRae match. Mm-hmm. And then, it, and then it got like crazy. I thought actually it was leading to a false count anywhere or street fight kind of match. Mm-hmm. Um, especially cause they had a count out. That's how it ended. Yeah. Um, and then all the women came out and just beat the hell out of each other. Yeah. Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez get involved and Mia Yim and Shotzi and Tegan. This all uh, mm-hmm. turns into a, a six woman uh, on the takeover. Uh, also, there was a mixed tag match with Johnny Gargano and Candice LeRae against mm-hmm. Keith Lee and Mia Yim. Uh, which it was saw, pretty good. Yeah. Which saw Johnny and Keith Lee essentially fighting in street clothes and the bad guys won after some cheating. Mm-hmm. To me, the best thing on the show was uh, Adam Cole's celebration with Undisputed Era. And by the best thing on the show, I mean, when the limo pulls up. Yeah, yes. I just wrote and uh, in, in the very short cliff notes I wrote for this. I just wrote Kyle O'Reilly's awesome beard and then moved on to the mm-hmm. next thing. Uh and a limo pulls up, the window rolls down, and Kyle O'Reilly pops up with his amazing quarantine beard. And he's like, hey, champ, ready to go? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Which is weird, 
because he didn't have the beard like two weeks ago. Yes. At all. So. Uh, amazing follicle growth he has there. Yes. Uh, <laughs> that was like, could the show just end there? Uh, yeah, right. it, it didn't. But um, then there are some things on the show, though, that really irritated me. Mm. Like. Uh, like Brizango coming back and beating Undisputed Era and the Brit Ambrawlers to get a shot at the tag team titles. Like, yeah. for some reason, they haven't been building up the Brit Ambrawlers against Imperium for weeks. Right. What is happening? I liked Brizango. I, I like them. I like the space, you know, yes. the SpaceX thing that yeah. they have going on. Like, that's that's fine. But what? It yeah, just fell it out of the blue. really... It did. It seemed very um, disjointed. I was like, yes. like, I'm just glad. I, honestly, I'm glad Undisputed Era did it one, but I really thought this was the Britain Brawlers like mm-hmm. time. Uh, there was a bit with uh, an infuriating bit with Robert Stone that turned into an amazing bit with Robert Stone. Uh, but the infuriating bit is that Chelsea Green fired him apparently for no reason because he managed him like her and Charlotte to a victory last week. Mm-hmm. So therefore he is fired. That made no well, sense. She, I get it. She thinks she's better than him. Because oh, she does. She doesn't need him now. She's with Charlotte. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Come on. Okay. That, you know what? That makes sense. Mm-hmm. You've, you've, you fixed that continuity for me. I have you. Can I just go back? Cause there is something that happened. That was my favorite thing on the show. Yes. That we have not mentioned. And is uh, Dexter Loomis's interview. I didn't, so bizarre. Catch, I didn't catch this. <laughs> it wasn't even a thing. She asked him one question and then he started drawing pictures. It was beautiful. <laughs> yes. Sorry. <laughs> He's so uh, weird and I love it. It's <laughs> weird. Uh, so this Robert Stone thing led to him desperately watching the Aaliyah versus Santana Garrett match. Uh, mm-hmm. It looks like he is stre- his tie is loose. His hair is a mess. His every, it looks like his whole life is falling apart, and every his whole life is living or dying whether or, whether or not Aaliyah wins this match. Yeah. And it's like maybe if she wins, I can take her on as a client. And then Santana Garrett beats her, and he has nothing left. He has no prospects, and slowly walks up the ramp. I thought he I, was hilarious here. I loved oh, him. he's great. Yeah. Um. The uh. The main event saw El Eo del Fantasma defeating Drake Maverick to win the Cruiserweight title, which they stopped calling the Interim Championship. Mm-hmm. It's just the Cruiserweight title for some reason now. And even though he lost, Triple H comes out and gives Drake Maverick a contract and signs him back to NXT, which presumably he had been signed for quite mm-hmm. some time, probably even before this tournament began. And uh, I've seen some people say that they like this. I've seen a lot of other people say that they hate that they're using real life mm-hmm. people getting fired and to make it a storyline for somebody. Like they're happy for Drake, but they think yeah. it's pretty gross that they're making this a story when other people have lost their jobs legitimately. So I feel the same exact way. I, I was like that. It kind of makes you a little stick to your stomach. Stick yeah. to your stomach. The story um, is that he was legitimately fired, and that promo that he cut on twitter essentially the half Mm -hmm. half in character half real life thing that he did essentially earned him his job back so that's crazy yeah um but then too like i don't know but then you have like um kurt angle they called in a favor on him so i'm wondering like if 
NXT has a different budget than like Raw and SmackDown, and maybe they were able to do something that like Raw and SmackDown weren't able to do. So mm-hmm. I don't know, but I still don't. Yeah, just using it, I thought was horrible. Yeah. But what I will say is this, because we had the the um oh my god, what are they called? The Luchadors come out. We still don't know who they are. No. <laughs> and where are Wild and Mendoza? I have no idea. <laughs> Right. Presumably in a bunker, maybe taped to a maybe. chair mm, until they break and become part of their gang. Okay, I'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> um. Okay, so I guess we should hop into the uh, takeover in your house, which yeah. was very retro '90s WWF. Uh, which I'm sure every I'm sure anybody, even if you didn't watch '90s WWF picked up on the fact that they were trying to do a retro vibe but oh, absolutely they had a house that they were coming out of uh, yes if you were a 90s wwf kid like i was uh this was just right in the retro sweet spot just nostalgia button pushes all night long mm-hmm. and uh they but with cool new moves yes they literally begin with the original in your house intro complete with todd pettengill who is essentially uh the I, I wouldn't call him the he wasn't really like an announcer like Moro Ronaldo, but he was sort of like like a quasi show host for a mm-hmm. lot of the nineties shows. He was a kind of a backstage interviewer, but not really. He would sort of a jack of all trades. He didn't really do commentary. Okay. Um sure. but I didn't know who he was. Yeah. He yeah, there's tons of this. Uh he hosted the original in your house pay-per-view. Uh, so we've got him, we've got retro graphics and production music, and then Code Orange does a rock and roll tune, which was a paradigm shift into 2020. Yeah. yeah. Lots of screaming and shouting and guitaring. Yes. Uh, then we went right into our opener, and oh, by the way, yeah, as, as you mentioned, Jacqueline, they brought back the old in-your-house set, which essentially consists of a big window, a door, and a garage-ish type thing where the wrestlers come out of. Yep. Which would play into a very hilarious moment later on in the show. Uh, Shotzi Blackheart, Tegan Knox, and Mia Yim versus Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, and Candice LeRae is the opener. And I really like this match, actually. Uh, it starts with all of the all of the good guys in charge early. I thought they were just working their asses off. Everything they're doing, mm-hmm. I thought, looked good. Dives to the outside. Tegan with his big flip dive. Finally, after quite a while, the bad guys sort of get the heat on Shotzi. They're the one, or she's the one that takes most of the beating. She makes a comeback, gets the tag to Mia, who runs wild. Uh, Candice hits this really cool wrist clutch suplex to mm-hmm. uh, break free. Tegan and Raquel battle for a little bit. Uh, there's a power bomb for a two count uh, by Raquel, Mia, and Candice. They start battling. Dakota kicks uh, Raquel on accident, and uh, Tegan hits the shiniest wizard on Dakota and gets the pin. I thought this was a really mm-hmm. good opener. What did you think? I did too. I thought it was a great way to start it. Um, this is probably my second favorite match on the show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, what I did, what I really enjoyed about this match, though, at one point, 
Um, like Candice and Mia did not finish out this match. They just kind of went into, I think it was the garage door and just like stayed back there. <laughs> oh, I guess that's what it means here when I wrote Mia and Candice battle away. Yes. Yeah. Yes, they they kind of like, that's exactly what they did. They were yes. like beating the hell of each out of each other off screen. Yes. You can only assume. So, yes. um, and th- so they weren't even there when the match ended, which I thought was even better for some reason. Um, but yeah, these women just really gave it an all. They gave it their all. Um, they all took time turns, basically like jumping out of the ring onto each other. I was like, what the hell are you doing? Um, but it was just really great. And actually, this is probably the first, one of the first matches that I've really liked Tegan Knox in. To me, she's just very, she's not like exciting, but I, I guess, I don't know if it was just that mm. there were so many things happening around, um, around that it kept my interest, but yeah, I thought these ladies did a great job. Yeah. Yeah. Um, what did you give it? Three and a quarter. Oh, I liked it even more than you a little bit. Uh, I went Mm. three and a half for the opener. Yeah, I was, uh, and you know, what helps, uh, people at ringside, uh, (laughs) making noise that helped. It (laughs) It didn't sound like crickets. It wasn't completely empty sounding. So, uh, grapple though, much harder on this match. 2.79. See, that's wrong. Like (laughs) not even three. Wow. I disagree. I thought... Wow, grapple. I thought these girls worked super hard and had a good match. Mm-hmm. Uh, in one of many nostalgia-related spots, uh, William Regal essentially is doing his best Lord Alfred Hayes impression, uh, introducing the commercial spots. Uh <laughs> Uh, this was for the ice cream sandwiches, which was also a retro WWF thing, yeah. but they have since brought them back. Uh, yeah, I had to ask my husband, I was like, is that what, what's happened? Is that real? He's like, yeah, he's like, they used to have it like back in the day. Yes. Like, oh. And I love William Regal doing the uh, promotional consideration paid for by the following. Uh, <laughs> I love that. I loved, I loved those. Uh, they did yeah, a few more was- of those spots. Fun nuggets. Yes. Uh, Damien Priest and Finn Balor is up next. And this was the match I was least looking forward to going into this show because I just kind of didn't care about the mm-hmm. story that much. And uh, they blew away Still my expectations. I, I mean, but they oh. blew away my expectations in the ring. I thought they had oh, a really good match. Um, so Finn is aggressive, as always, at the beginning of the match, overwhelms Priest. They go to the floor. They're still fighting when Priest cuts him off. Pulls out these steel steps and gives him the side slam on the apron uh, to Finn. Mm-hmm. Uh, works him over, grounds Finn. He manages to create some space, Finn does. Drop kicks him to the outside. Finn goes to town on Priest on the floor, but it does not last once they get back into the ring. Priest hits him with the broken arrow, uh, but Balor hits this double stomp. Uh, so he's not really able to keep Finn down for any length of time in this. Uh, there's a strike exchange, which Finn gets the better of. Uh, they, uh, the fight goes back to the outside and Damien Priest is going to try to give Finn Balor a razor's edge off of the apron. He wants to toss him to the floor onto the steps that he pulled out earlier. And Finn slips out and instead like forearms Priest who goes flying backwards onto these steel steps and... Oh my God, did that look awful? Yeah. Like, just. But like, in a good way. Yes. I mean, it was satisfying somehow, but it looked like really brutal. Like, he hit mm-hmm. so hard. Uh, he kind of landed high on the steps, and I think his, 
like his shoulder blades hit like the corner of the steps, which did not look mm. fun at all. Like he thudded on the steps and then flew off and thudded on the floor. No good. Uh, nope. They get back into the ring. He tries to hit the reckoning on Finn, but it's countered into the final cut. Finn hits a coup de gras, or he tries to go for the coup de gras, but it gets cut off. Uh, a big choke slam off of the top rope from Damian Priest that gets it too, and uh, so the finish of the match is uh, Finn Balor hitting this standing coup de gras on Damian Priest. He's like standing but hunched over. And Finn comes diving off and double stomps him on the back of his head and then gives him the normal coup de gras on the chest and pins him. I thought this was a really good match. I'm curious to know what you thought, though. I thought it was good. Um, I guess I didn't get into it early just because I didn't care. Like, <laughs> oh, I was, like, not interested early. No. Yeah, I was like, I don't understand this. What is happening? Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, it did go too long for me for considering that I don't think there was a good buildup. Yes. I don't know. Um, there were some cool things that happened. Um, this match got interesting for me um, right after um, Finn's sling blade. Mm-hmm. Um, so like towards the last maybe half of this match. Yeah. Um, and that was about it. Other than that, I was like, this is boring. <laughs> That's just me though. Um, but I thought there were some cool things that happened in that last half. There was some move. I don't know that off the, that priest was on the second rope. Finn was on the third the top and like he flipped him off or something and it was just crazy. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm glad I, there was really no option though, other than for Finn to win though, in my opinion. Agreed. Um, yep. so I, to me, it was like an okay match, but it was filler. Um, like I, sh- I wish we would have had the Drake Maverick, um, El Hio del Fantasma match instead. Mm-hmm. That's, that's what I got. But also at the end, they said, uh, Finn Balor is now the winningest superstar, uh, for takeovers so yeah happy for him on that one he has won a lot <laughs> of takeover matches yeah that's they said sure. 11 yes that yeah that does not surprise me i'm trying to think of how many i've seen him lose in a takeover and i can think of one off of the top of my head but that might be the only one i think he's maybe lost at a takeover so was it, was it when he lost the belt uh, it is, uh, no, it was, uh, it was after he had already lost it. He lost it to mm. Samoa Joe on a, a Joe. house show. And then they had a rematch yeah. on a takeover in a cage and mm. Joe beat him. And I think that was like Finn's mostly his send off or the beginning yeah, his of his send off. Yeah. Um, until he, until he returned. So yeah, cool. I, I don't think he had lost any of the other takeovers he had been on. So that doesn't That's surprise crazy. me. Uh, what did you give it? <laughs> Two and a half. Holy cow. Yeah, we were like worlds apart on this match. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I really like this. I thought they uh, I thought they matched up really well together. They hit all of their stuff. Everything they were doing looked really good. I enjoyed this way more than I expected to. And I went, Jacqueline, hold on to your seat. Three and three quarters. Holy buckets. We were far. Yeah. And also, Grapple, uh, you and Grapple were off by a whole point, 3.51. Okay, Grapple, we have some talking to do because you gave the ladies match a 2.7 something. Too low. And this is over a three, I think. No. Average those out and uh, we'll talk. Uh, (laughs) We got another promotional consideration paid for by the following, and it was Adam Cole trying to sell us Ico Pro, which in fact does not exist, unlike the ice cream sandwiches, uh, (laughs) which do. But Ico Pro was. Yes, uh, Vince McMahon's nutritional supplement 
that he was trying to sell constantly throughout the 90s. Mm-hmm. Um, so mm-hmm. any 90s WWF kid remembers well the giant Ico Pro banners on all WWF shows. Uh, as I did as well. That made me giggle uh, quite a bit. So Keith Lee defending the North American Championship against Johnny Gargano. Lee's power and speed terrifies Johnny Gargano in the literally Johnny mm-hmm. Gargano. They take shots of him where he's he looks terrified at his speed and power. Uh, Keith Lee's just tossing him around. Gargano has an idea. So the opening when Johnny Gargano comes out, he comes through the door because mm-hmm. uh, on the go home show, I guess he stabbed Keith Lee in the eye with a key, his car keys. Yep. And now Johnny Gargano has his house keys, which apparently keys. also opened this fake door on this mm-hmm. set for a wrestling show. And he came, they do. he came through the door and Gargano gets scared and decides to leave. But Johnny Gargano is a heel now and apparently a dumb one, Jacqueline, because he tries to leave through the door that he came in, which again is a fake door. If you were to walk through this door, there'd just be a video screen on the other side. Uh, and the door is locked and he's pounding on the door asking for somebody to let him in. Now, I enjoyed that. (laughs) Many things are to be noted here. One, the garage that the wrestlers come through is right next to this. Yes. Wide open (laughs) Two, the garage, the window and the door are not joined together. They are separate set pieces that aren't even pushed all the way together. (laughs) <laughs> they are separated. He could just walk around this door, and he did not. Instead, he panicked like he was in a horror movie and kept pounding on the door. I think they did this solely because they have like uh, one of those doorbell cameras attached to it, and they just Probably. wanted to use this camera. I think is the that's main fi- reason. But I think that's fine though, because I mean Johnny Gargano and is like one of the better actors in yeah. NXT. So I was like, have at this, <laughs> he, please. He came off like such a goober, and it was really funny. Uh, so Gargano continues to take a beating. Uh, that just made me laugh so much. It's, it's so (laughs) dumb. That's, that's professional wrestling. Everybody, uh, Gargano continues to take a beating. He goes, he finally goes after Keith Lee's eye to start chopping him down. Eventually Johnny wears him down, has full control over him. Lee keeps trying to fire back though. And Gargano sort of keeps weaseling away from, uh, too serious of a beating. Mm-hmm. Uh, Keith Lee finally grabs a hold of him, tries to hit the Big Bang catastrophe, but Gargano counters it into a cradle for it too. Keith Lee just hoists him into the air and slams him down with his big spine buster, and Gargano rolls to the floor. Uh, Keith Lee goes after him, and he hits Candace's. Johnny does hits Candace's suicide dive into a DDT on the floor. Mm-hmm. Uh, after that looks awesome. Yes, uh, after stopping the referee's count. Because uh, Keith Lee is about to get counted out, and Johnny doesn't want that to happen because he can't win the title that way, so he mm-hmm. purpose he purposefully stalls for time and stops the referee's count. Uh, he then goes to the outside where Keith Lee pounces him through the plexiglass boards at ringside. I audibly gasped when that happened. Yes, I was like, <laughs> uh, I was like, holy. Hell. Yes, Mia, Mia comes out, or Candace comes out, then Mia comes out. They're fighting in the chaos. Johnny Gargano grabs the key uh, again, stabs Keith Lee in the eye with the key, hits a slingshot DDT, gets a two, uh, three super kicks and three kickouts from Keith Lee. 
Gargano gets upset, charges at him, gets hoisted into the air, gets uh, takes a spirit bomb, takes a big bang catastrophe, and Keith Lee retains the North American Championship. What did you think, Jacqueline? This was bananas. I thought a lot of good things happened here. Mm-hmm. Um, I thought a lot of fun things happened here. But I want to mention my favorite thing of this match. Okay. Keith Lee's trunks say Black Lives Matter, and I thought it was amazing. Yes. And we need... I was very happy to see that they did bring in a little bit of that political mm-hmm. and an and awareness of what's going on in the world. <laughs> it's a stunning move for WWE. In fact, yeah, which they've, I, ac- they've actually continued that. I, I didn't watch SmackDown um, mm-hmm. that aired uh, yesterday, I guess, as we record this, but somebody I did see on Instagram that the new day for their entrance you know, took a knee and put their fists in the air. So, Nice. Uh, and they had armbands, I think, with like Brianna Taylor's name on it and, and things like that as well. So I'm glad they're doing it. And Me too. A lot, we've we've spoken before. A lot of wrestlers have taken to Twitter in support of everything. So yeah. I just think it's really awesome that um, it was just like really good to see that you know, yes, this is an escape, but we know what's happening. Yes. Um, just that awareness. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Um, yeah. So that's kind of the more serious thing. The other thing that I did enjoy about this was the crowd chanting Johnny sucks to the Imperial March. I thought it was very clever. <laughs> I don't I think I it. caught that. I don't think I caught that. I've got to go back and listen to that. Yeah. Then. I thought it was amazing. That's I was awesome. like, okay, these wrestlers getting all into it and Johnny being <laughs> a nerd. I love it. Yes. Also, I, he dressed like a villain, a Marvel villain, right? I don't know who. I but. think so. Maybe like Doctor Doom or something. I have no idea. Something like that. I actually anyway. don't know. If it isn't in the MCU, I probably don't remember. Uh, <laughs> if it was something from like Fantastic Four, I never watched any of those movies, so I couldn't gotcha. tell you. But no, I but I thought these guys just did great, and I I, I think Johnny Gargano and Keith Lee, um, they've very similar styles even though they have such a big size difference and i think they just mesh very well together yeah um and i i love them together mm-hmm. uh i hope it lasts a, just a little while longer with their feud but i'm sure it, it won't but i think they're fun um and johnny gargano just like in like his i like this bad guy comic booky character he has because like he like fish hooked Keithley, like in his mouth, he was going for his eyes, like three stooges crap all over the place. And I thought it was great. Yeah. Um, and Keithley, of course, is just a a force to be reckoned with. And um, I, I'm glad he retained. The only reason I did not want him to retain was because then that, that to me signals that he's going for the NXT title. Yes. So, um, but I'm still glad that he's he's one of the, the title holders. Yeah. What did you give it? Three and a half. Okay, yeah, we're not too far off on this. I actually thought, weirdly enough, uh, where you thought the uh, the Priest and Balor match went too long, I thought this one maybe went a little too long. Hmm. Um, I thought this was good as well, but mm-hmm. uh, there was, I don't know, there was something about maybe the middle of the match, maybe. But hmm. I like these two together. Uh, I like terrified bad guy Johnny Gargano. Yes. Uh, and Keith Lee is a lot of fun as always. Maybe, I mean, I know they wanted to involve Candace and Mia. I thought maybe a maybe. little too much of that was going on, but uh, I don't know. I, I still really like the match. I went three and a quarter. Gotcha. So what I will down. say about Keith, what I will say about Keith Lee though, is that he to me is like 
an all-American person. Like, yeah. He's like he's like the Superman character. Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> like like literally, or Captain America, whatever you know, DC, um, Marvel, whatever you want to use there. Yeah. Um, and I hope they don't turn him heel in the wrong way ever because right. it could be very very poorly done. Yeah. Um. I mean, I think they just sort of need to play off of the fact that some of his catchphrases are sort of naturally cocky anyway mm-hmm. and yeah. they could lean into that a little bit more um but yeah i mean i think that i think it could definitely be done uh i mean and it's and it's always hard to do a, like a big good guy against a little bad guy so but i love it i mean i think they did it well yeah, yeah. but i think it's because of the talent of, that you have in there yes. they're, they're both so talented uh grapple gave this 3.24 three, okay three and a quarter as well Okay, well, here's where things got different. Adam Cole defends the NXT Championship against Velveteen Dream in a movie match. Uh, I mean, that's essentially what this was. Uh, They called it the Backlot Brawl, which harkens back to another 1990s WWF thing that happened at WrestleMania 12 uh, between Goldust and Roddy Piper, which was also a Backlot Brawl. And this was better than that, but... That'll tell you about that other match. Uh, mm-hmm. Now, question, really, mm-hmm. Chris, before we, we uh, get into this, though. Drake was the officiant here, the ref here, right? He was, yes. Um, yeah, Drake was, the, Drake was the ref, and he also gave, like, instructions. Yeah, Drake was, and he gave instructions before the match. Yeah. Yeah, he's, like, always the, the ref for these kinds of matches. He is. I don't know why, but he is. Yeah. Anyway, just want to point that out. <laughs> so there are wrestling holds in this backlot brawl that start this match. Uh, mm-hmm. Cole decides to... Okay, so Adam Cole arrives in like a monster truck, right? Yeah, and which seemed out of character. It seemed weird. And then, like, why does he have this? And then Velveteen Dream showed up in, I don't know, like a lamborghini or something yes dressed like negan from the walking dead which also seemed weird Mm, i dig it i mean the look the look was fine it just seemed weird that he drove a lamborghini dressed like negan or whatever i think he was he was embracing the backlot theme ah yes well anyway in the middle of this fight adam cole decides he's going to leave for some reason then gets into a car, not his monster truck that he drove here in, but another car that was surrounding the ring. Uh, Apparently, he did this just so Velveteen Dream could hit this car with a baseball bat. Mm -hmm. But not break any windows. No. Uh, Not efficient. uh, For the record, I am not making any of this up. An Uber driver arrives for some reason and then leaves. Uh, then they fight on the street and such because, because it is a street fight. Wasn't Adam Cole trying to leave and like he called an Uber? Did he? I don't know if he called an Uber, but maybe he did. I don't know. And yeah, if he did, sorry. what service? Because they arrived very quickly. Yeah, right. I, I can't imagine that happens regularly for people who call for Ubers, but uh, they fight on the street and such. The rest of the Undisputed Era show up just in time to see Adam Cole get pushed off of a ladder and through a windshield. That was actually the kind of the craziest thing in the match, and Adam Cole yeah. kind of comes up with his arms are all bloody and stuff. 
was um, insane. Yes. And uh, the Undisputed Era attack Velveteen Dream. I have seen many, many people actually uh, hate this for how tone deaf it all felt with a bunch of white guys beating a black guy up on the street mm-hmm. uh, and not within the capacity of a wrestling match in an arena with crowds. Uh, mm-hmm. a, lot, a lot of people I saw hated the fact that they left this in here and thought it seemed tone deaf considering everything. Yeah. Um, they uh, they throw uh, about a million chairs into the ring and one chair vanishes under the ring and when they go to get it, Dexter Loomis appears, who I guess just lives under the ring. Yep, yep. Or he, I assume. Or much like Harry Potter, he apparated under the ring. I don't know what Dexter Loomis's powers are, but no. maybe maybe he um he's like a tunnel person. Oh he yeah, he's a moment. Lives at, he lives underground. Yeah, so he takes the tunnels up. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> he throws Undisputed Era into a trunk and drives away with them. Mm-hmm. Uh, the the match kind of stumbles back into the ring. Cole goes for the Panama Sunrise, but is countered into the Dream Valley Driver for a two. There is movie dialogue between these men, and then Adam Cole hits him low, gives him the Panama Sunrise into about a million chairs, and pins Velveteen Dream to retain the championship. Jacqueline, what did you think of this? Um, To me, there was not a whole heck of a lot of wrestling that happened here. No. Um, I... It was very, um, it was less stylized than I thought it would be, mm-hmm. which was good. But um, I don't know. It was just it was how it was just very, very bizarre. Yeah. Um, it really was. I thought Adam Cole going into the car windshield, like you mentioned, though, was just um, out of control. Yeah, um, that was the uh, that one moment is gets the whole score that I gave this match. So yeah, pretty much. If you call and it then, a match. Yeah, when um, uh, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know how they did this, but when Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong threw the chairs into the ring, they were so perfectly arranged. Um, yes, like like in a circle. Like I give them a lot of credit for that. <laughs> it didn't. It no didn't idea. look like they were trying. Maybe it just sort of happened by accident. But maybe, um, or someone else was in there doing it. Yes. You never know. <laughs> yes. Uh, the other thing you did not mention uh, was Dex. Dexter Loomis kidnapping Bobby Fish and Roderick Strong oh, in no, the trunk I, of his car. No, I did, did mention that. Yeah, I said that he oh, threw sorry. them in, I said that he threw them into a trunk and drove away with them. Sorry. Presumably to never be seen again. Yeah, they're with they're with Wild and Mendoza now. Um <laughs> can only imagine. Oh, maybe that's it. Maybe Dexter Loomis. They're tying it the all together. Luchadors are together. Yes. This would make sense. It's which means it's not gonna happen. Yes. Um I thought the uh, the people, um, the people, the purple rainmaker into the chairs. Like there were a lot of like really cool things that happened towards the end. Mm-hmm. There just wasn't much of it. Yeah. Um. So just I don't know. Eh, it was okay. So if we treat this like it's a match, what would you give it? I went two and a half. Yeah, that's what I gave this as well. Yeah. Um. Just yeah. You know, somebody had said when they did the Undertaker AJ Styles thing at WrestleMania this year. And it was such a big hit. And oh, yeah. there were a lot of people who liked the thing they did the next night, too, with John Cena and Bray Wyatt. Although I was, I did not like that as much as I liked the Undertaker one. Right. Um, people are like, well, you know what this means? They're just going to run this concept into the ground. And 
boy, have they ever. They've, I think they've done yeah. like, like a half dozen of these things since WrestleMania. So, Something uh, like that. what I will say about this one, cause they did do like the, I felt like the Gargano Ciampa match was kind of similar. Mm-hmm. At least in this one though, they had an, they had the announcers and the crowd. Yeah. Whereas opposed to the other one where it was silence. And I was like, this yes. is crap. <laughs> Uh, well, Adam Cole and Velveteen Dream should thank us, Jacqueline, because we gave them two and a half stars, but Grapple, 1.88. Wow. Didn't have time for this at all. I can't even say I really blamed them. No. I gave definitely. I gave that match two and a half stars just because Adam Cole did that fall off of the ladder through the car windshield, so. Mm-hmm. Uh, Todd Pettengill is shelling, uh, or not shelling, shilling NXT gear like it's the olden days. Uh, says something about how like 900 numbers don't exist anymore. He misses those. Uh, we then cut to D generation X who look ancient <coughs> trying to use a computer and watch NXT. I just wrote insert demographic joke here. Uh, the funny thing that was pointed out to me later is that for as old as these men look, they are actually younger than the median age demographic for NXT Jacqueline. Wow. The median age demographic uh, is 56 years old. And these men are are slightly under that. Although Shawn Michaels here looked 80. Yeah. Like the gray beard. Oh, my God. He looked. Um, they all looked pretty old. Triple H looked the youngest. I believe he yeah. is, in fact, the youngest. But all of these men looked old. <laughs> which in turn made me feel old as well. Old. I yes. hated this. Uh, Even though we're so much younger than them. <laughs> we are so much younger, Jacqueline. Uh, it's it's actually incredible. Uh, Karen Cross, Tommaso Ciampa is up next. Um, Tommaso, very aggressive out of the gate. Cross mm-hmm. tosses him into the apron to gain his advantage. Suplexes him all over the place. Ciampa tries to fire back. Actually hits Willow's bell, gets a two. Tries for the fairy tale ending, but it is blocked. Karrion Cross just picks him up on his shoulders, gives him kind of like an F5, and then puts him in the cross jacket, and he just destroyed Tommaso Ciampa here. Uh, were you surprised by that? What did you think of their contest? I was not surprised that Cross won. I was yeah. surprised at how he won. I didn't think he was yeah. going to make Ciampa go to sleep. Yeah. Um, that was surprising to me. I have heard that Ciampa may be moving on. Yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. I've um, heard him. I've heard Velveteen Dream might be moving on. Mm, which actually would make sense, given Regal's uh, disclaimer on that match. Yeah, that he um, can never challenge for the title again as long as Cole is the champion. Yeah. Yeah, which I think Ciampa would be a, a huge loss. Um, I also think Velveteen Dream would, too, just because I don't think they've done his character well. Yeah. Um, Especially since not since he's like, been back, he's he's felt very flat yeah. since coming back from the injury. He has, and he was so vibrant and exciting before that. And I think mm-hmm. that if you know if, if they're not get yeah, so that just makes me a little worried for him because I do like Velveteen Dream. Yeah, um, it's just that I mean, well, maybe you know the storylines they put him in just weren't great. Um, the one thing about uh, Cross, though, I will say. Uh, he at one point carried Champa across the ring um, mm-hmm. just to suplex him. Yeah, I'm not now. I get it. I'm not a wrestler. It just seems like an inefficient way to get things done. <laughs> He's showing off. 
Yeah. Why carry him from one side to the other? Could have just done it while uh, he was standing. Jacqueline, I think I would like to point out and reiterate and remind everybody of his first name. Carrie. Carrie. Yes. Gotcha. It's, what he, it's what he does. It's what he does. Okay. All right. Carries carries people around. Yeah. <laughs> um, maybe that's the character. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> just, just picks things up and carry them. Yeah. But also, he, he did start like barking at the ref at one point. So yes. like he's trying to be the scary guy. I get it. Yes. Um, But... Uh, no, I actually, I thought that this match was actually better than I thought it was going to be, even though I was not mm-hmm. drilled with the ending. Um, yeah. I thought Cross looked good. This was like his first real match. Um, and Ciampa is always just amazing. So, mm-hmm. yeah. um, what did you give it? I gave it a three. Okay. Yeah. We're pretty close on this. Uh, I liked it too. I think though I can say definitively now that I do not like the carrying cross entrance. It's just, mm, no. I don't like oh, it. God, no. It's too long. It's mm-hmm. not the music or anything. It, the whole presentation just seems too over the top. Like they're, um, like they're trying too hard to convince you that this is an epic entrance yeah. that you're watching. And it's, it's too, the, even though they've cut down on the amount of lip syncing that Scarlet does, it's too much. Yeah, Any yeah. amount is too much. I think they're going to phase it out. I hope so. Um, but um, did he do, was that like his entrance in the Indies or something? Or what was his No, reason? no, it was not. Um, and this was, it wasn't really his character either, really. Really? His yeah, name is Killer Cross and he was not the scary man? He was, he was a scary man, but it was really more of a legit fighter type ah, character. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, okay. Yeah, he was a scary guy, but he didn't do like you know, whatever bow and pray or fall and pray, whatever his theme song is. Mm. Like it, it wasn't like dark demonic, uh, you know, Scarlet wasn't like S and M, uh, whatever mm-hmm. she's mm-hmm. doing. Like it wasn't anything Cat like woman. that. Yeah. That's what she's doing. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, I liked it. I was a little surprised that he, he didn't squash Tommaso Ciampa. Ciampa got in a lot of offense, but it oh, was, yeah, yeah. but it was like, the the match was Tommaso Ciampa is Tommaso Ciampa, but he was no match for this guy. Right. He just was overpowered, and this dude just killed him with his moves and beat him uh, in less time than you would expect. Uh, it wasn't a it wasn't a squash match, but he decisively defeated a top guy in NXT. So if you want to make somebody seem like they are legitimate, that is the way to do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I was a little surprised that they did it exactly like that, but I wasn't surprised to see him win. And right. I thought he looked good here. I thought Ciampa looked great. And I went two oh, and three quarters. Gotcha. Sorry. As you were talking, I just thought of who Kyrian Cross's next opponent should oh, be. Okay. It should be Dijakovic. Oh, that could be good. They should have a rivalry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I like Sorry. that. No, I like that. Um, Grapple gave it 2.72, by the way. Okay. About right. On to my match of the show, the main event. Same, yeah. Mm -hmm. Charlotte Flair defending the NXT Women's Championship against Io Shirai and Rhea Ripley. So at first, Charlotte looked like she had maybe gotten in the heads of her opponent, uh, was even kind of taking care of them both on her Mm -hmm. own at one point until they decided to double-team her. Rhea Mm -hmm. misses a dive that allows Charlotte to work on Io for a little bit. Uh, Rhea back... Rhea gets back in and she's like on fire, like Mm -hmm. clubbing. And by the way, I should note, 
these ladies were really working super hard. Like I thought the ladies in the opener were like hitting hard. Yeah. Like Charlotte, Charlotte's chops usually don't sound so great, but holy cow, were they landing in this match? Like yes. every one of them sounded like they hurt so bad. Yeah. Uh, they were hitting hard. They were making noise. They were hitting all of their stuff. It looked good. Uh, EO takes out Rhea again and starts working over Charlotte. And then all three essentially get down or they, they all end up kind of on the floor at one point. Charlotte goes for this moonsault, but misses them. Uh, Rhea goes for the riptide on EO, but it's countered. Rhea dodges the natural selection from Charlotte, but eats an EO dropkick. Like, this is all happening, like, one after the other, like, boom, boom, boom. at the same time. Yes. Uh, (laughs) EO hits the double knees on Rhea, but Charlotte hits the natural selection on EO for a two. Rhea pulls Charlotte out of the figure eight, a suicide dive from EO onto Rhea on the floor. There's so much happening in this match. Uh, See if I can... (laughs) There's a lot of... uh, Oh, EO gets tossed into the the set. She gets tossed mm-hmm. into the window or whatever as the brawl continues. EO then climbs to the top of the door and then does this huge dive off of the door thing onto both of them. Uh, they get back into the ring where uh, EO goes for her moonsault, but Rhea cuts her off. Charlotte dumps her to the outside and she climbs up and Rhea gets a hold of Charlotte, hits a riptide off of the ropes, but only gets a two. Charlotte then grabs a kendo stick. It is noted that in triple threat matches, there are no disqualifications. So she starts whooping on, you know, Rhea and EO hits this Mm -hmm. big spear on uh, Rhea, puts her in the figure eight. And as she is in the figure eight, EO goes to the top rope and just moonsaults Rhea Ripley's face. (laughs) Just backflips off of the top rope and lands right on Rhea's face. And Charlotte is trying to get out of the hold so she can break up this pin but it is too late. It only takes three seconds. And Io mm-hmm. Shirai pins Rhea Ripley to become the NXT Women's Champion. What did you think of the main event? This was awesome. These yeah. ladies were so good. Um, yeah, there's just so many things happening. Io, the way she reversed things and then put the, put people in holds. I was like, holy crap. Mm-hmm. And then like I thought what I like what I what I thought they did very smartly in this match was that they really gave each woman time to shine. Yep. I don't feel like they do that in all the triple threat matches. Yes. But in this one, like you're watching, you're like, oh, damn, like this is really good. Like yeah. any of these women, <clears throat> um, I didn't want Charlotte to retain, but like any of these women could like could be it. Sure. I also will say going into this match, since no titles had changed hands mm-hmm. at this point, I had high hopes that on this one it would so i was very excited yep um that eo came away victorious mm-hmm. and her jumping off the top of the the house like that to me was like kevin owens on the top of the side at re- sign at wrestlemania like yeah. i was like this is like these people are bananas they I, shot I that it. they shot that so well it looked like she was leaping from like a hundred feet in the air too it looked like she fell for quite a while and i'm like i don't think the door is like that high that high what I will say too is that I think, um, like, personally, like watching it because EO is so tiny. Yes. <laughs> and Rhea and Charlotte are so tall. So yes. I'm like, if you're going to do it, you got to do it with like someone tall who's going to catch you. Yes. Yes. So, <laughs> um, but man, I just thought this was great. I thought Rhea looked really good. We haven't really yeah. seen much of her recently. Um, I thought she looked good. I'm glad Charlotte's out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, 
Yeah, man, this was just fantastic. Um, for me, yeah, Rhea, I thought Rhea looked really impressive in this match, especially mm-hmm. from uh, something that I really appreciate. And I think it's because I know, like, the toll that it takes on the body. But mm-hmm. Rhea is, like, a tremendous bumper. Like, she does not half-ass take any of these falls. Like, Mm-mm. she lands hard on stuff. She does. And she isn't afraid to take, like, these rolling bumps where she'll land high on her shoulders and flip backwards. Like, she right. will just take all of these things, and it, it makes everything that everybody else does look really good, like, devastating. She's right. very good at that. Uh, and the same thing happened with, like, all of the dives. Like, even the dives on the outside. She is not afraid to, to land on the floor. Uh, and I, it's rare because I hate WWE's camera work so much, but I, again, I really need to point out how well I thought they shot that EO dive. I thought that just Mm -hmm. looked so good. Uh, and look, Jacqueline at the end, our EO Shirai dream came true. She won the title. I don't think either of us were really expecting it, which no, even though we wanted it. Yes. Uh, which is weird because it's also where my nitpick comes in for this match. Hmm. Uh, Cause I definitely did want her to win, but it's just, you know, I want to see her. I want to see her get a run as the top wrestler in the women's division. But the story they're telling is between Rhea Ripley and Charlotte, which hypothetically speaking, that feud can still continue. But I'm just thinking back to when Rhea Ripley was like the hottest of hot stars. And it feels like she's sort of cooled off a little bit in that regard. Uh, I mean, I know it doesn't help that there's not a lot of fans there, but she was kind of poised to be like a megastar. And then they took the belt away from her at WrestleMania, which seemed like an obvious place for her to like get a win and keep her title run going. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that was the plan before the whole pandemic thing happened. I don't know for sure, but uh, it wouldn't surprise me if the plan all along was for Charlotte to win but um as much as it as much joy as it brings me to see eo win this it is weird to me that Rhea kind of went from being like white hot to yeah you know just you know kind of back to where she was before the before her quest for the title began so that's a little weird to me I get it, but also like um, NXT, their women's um, rivalries last for a long time. Like if you yeah. think of Kyrie and Shayna, like they went, went on for, for a, while. a while. Yeah. So I mean, I don't just because I mean I don't see this slowing momentum though for either of them. I yes. guess. Yes. So. Uh, what did you give the main event? Three and three quarters. Oh, I gave it a four. Wow. I went all the way to four stars and grappled 3.82. Okay. Mm-hmm. Everybody liked that match. It was uh, a very good match. Yeah, it was. Uh, really enjoyable. And I have no idea what is on the next episode of NXT. So... I'm going to uh, go with the tag team titles because we haven't seen that yet. No. Um, but I don't think I've seen it officially announced either. So I'm just going to go with a very generic ending to the podcast this week. But that is the end of the podcast for this week. So <laughs> head on over to ZidWeGeekly.com to check out the archives of the show. And of course, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, and Spotify. Just search for What Comes NXT. 
hit subscribe, and uh, that way you can come back next time and hear us talk about more NXT on the WWE and USA Networks featuring the fallout from NXT TakeOver in your house. Mm-hmm.